we are re- recording, so I'm ready when you are. I'm I'm ready. I'm waiting for you to start. Oh, I'm well. Excuse me. <laughs> Hello and welcome to a rich tradition college football podcast. I'm Spencer Van Horn. He is Robbie Steltonpole. Two friends, one love, and that is college football. And Roberto back and better than ever together again. We are. Recording together, two two episodes of solo work, and we're back in each other's arms, right where we need to be. Reunited, and, and it feels, feels so, so good. good. That's right. That was awful, but that's okay. Yeah, man. Um, Nobody week, comes here for our singing, so it's it, no. it's worth. It. Yeah. Um, you know, last <clears throat> last week. Um, I just wanted to go ahead and get some quick thoughts out. You know, you were handing some basketball stuff and then, um, and then fast forward a couple few days. Like I just was unable to, to get any of this stuff taken care of. Uh, or I mean to, I, I couldn't get my stuff taken care of so I could jump on and, and you did a great job. I listened to that episode. You did a really good job there. Um, and so tonight, uh, we're not going to preview any games. We're not going to review any games. We are going to kind of just focus on news. Uh, it's going to be more of a compact episode. Um, we need it to be a little shorter because uh, Spencer, I, and it, I didn't tell you we were going to do this, but um, you've got a busy week ahead of you. Yeah, we got a busy week. Big busy week. Going to be leaving for uh, Texas on Wednesday afternoon. Going to have to try to fly out of Tallahassee or Jacksonville. VSU football team is going to go to uh, McKinney, Texas, and play in the Division II National Championship game. So we're pretty excited about that. It'll be my second National Championship game to be able to broadcast on the radio in three seasons of calling ball on the radio. The Blazers missed out on the all of D2, missed out on the, the COVID season. So I broadcasted three years and Won a championship in my first year and did pretty good in the second year. And we're back again, ready to go here in year number three. So I like to think of myself as the good luck charm. So I had someone uh, at my work uh, comment to me and uh, say, you know, Robbie, uh, that guy you're on a podcast with, is he the same one who does the Valdosta State games? I was like, yep, same same guy. Like, man, how's it feel to – how does it feel to record a podcast with someone famous? And I said, I, I'll let you know what? when I find out. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly, exactly how I responded. Yeah. I was like, I'll let you know when I find out. But no, man, uh, I am, you know, I tell you this via text and you hate you hate any kind of accolade. You, you uh, hate any praise. Yeah, shut up. And if you cut this out, I'm going to punch you in the throat. Um, Spencer, power of the, the edit. Yeah, that's right. Um, Spencer, the effort and work you've put into this ever since we were sophomores in college and the just the time, manpower, blood, sweat, tears, all that, all that stuff you have put in the time. And, yeah, you're going to keep doing this and you, you'll keep doing it until you till you find something different. You feel called to do something different. But I just want you to know, man, I'm so proud of you for the work you do and the job that you do for the um, for the Valdosta State Blazers. And I love having a podcast with you. So. Um, I just want to take a minute and praise you for that because it's pretty awesome. Well, I appreciate that. That's very lovely of you. Thank you very much, and we're very excited to uh, uh, that the all the hard work is paying off. Obviously, the football team does most of the hard work, but yes, following along and um, doing uh, doing all the travel and doing all those things that go along with it is, you know, it it is what it is. But we enjoy it, and we're excited for what will hopefully be a big weekend. We're actually going to play the same team this weekend that we played in 2018 and beat by just two points, 49-47. So there, uh, there's a couple of different pieces to that team. There's a couple of different pieces to our team, but um, plenty of players that are returning for each team on uh, from 2018 as well. So um, kind of round two, if you like Bama-Clemson round two, then we've got Valdosta State and Ferris State round two. Okay. Bueller. <laughs> um, man, I, I'm, I'm super excited to to watch 
Uh, I'm going to try to watch. At, at the very least, I will definitely listen to the game this weekend. You probably um, should listen. At, at the very least, you should be listening. <laughs> well, I mean, you add like... You no, add not, like what I mean is turn the volume down and and uh, as you watch and yeah. listen to the hometown team. Yeah, uh, well... So let's, um, Spencer, you tell me where you want to go first. Do you want to go recruiting? Do you want to go transfer portal? Do you want to go coaching? What what tickles your fancy tonight? Let's start with, let's start at the start, and let's go to last Friday, Dan Lanning, Oregon, and new head coach there out west. Unless there's somewhere you want to go first, because obviously you and I have not reacted together to every coaching move that has happened, or I guess we did catch up on the Brian Kelly stuff. But uh, ultimately, Mario Cristobal is down at Miami, and Dan Lanning is now filling the space in Oregon. Yeah, <clears throat> um, and you know we we found out we found out today or we found out yesterday that. Justin Wilcox was offered the job first at Oregon, and he turned the job mm-hmm. down. And that is what ultimately made them pursue Dan Lanning. Um, Dan Lanning um, has an incredible story. If you ever get a chance, um, I can't remember who did it. I think it was Yahoo Sports. Um, well, this story will it'll probably get republished here soon. But um, Dan Lanning is known for his uh, 12 years ago, um, decided he just wanted to be a coach and drove – Drove some odd hours in a suit to a buddy who was who was coaching at a school and and or I'm I'm sorry a former coach of his was coaching and he waited and drove this distance was not invited at all walked in and said I, I, you know and waited and I want a job and was and has worked his butt off and and gotten a job now fast forward 12 years he's been a GA at several places he's been an assistant he's been an analyst and he's been co DC at Georgia and now he is going to be the head coach at the University of Oregon and you know um uh, you know I I I love Tom Fernelli for this expression you know um it's gonna be a great you know Dan Lanning's a great hire don't know if it's gonna work out (laughs) like that's that is exactly how I feel right now um about and, and I'm just starting to adopt that I'm not gonna steal that from Tom I'm just saying what he says but like I'm kind of in that like, yeah, this sounds like a really could be a really great hire. He's a great recruiter. He's a great defensive mind. You know, take some defensive swagger that, you know, um, that's at Georgia and what was already kind of there with Mario Cristobal, and you kind of just, you know, add that to it. You you try not to lose the talent that you've got coming in. Um, you've got the jerseys. You've got a young guy coaching. You know, you, you got all this stuff. However, with every other coaching hire in the country – there's just a lot of variables that go into play. So um, I don't really know if it's going to be a good hire or not, but I, I, I wish Dan Lanning the best, and I'm very thankful that he's going to stay for the next month and finish through this and try to see this through to a national championship. Yeah, and, and one of those variables that you don't know about is who is going to be – who's taking over coaching jobs that open up in the future in your conference. And also, who's taking over jobs in the same year that you're taking, starting your new job? Like, how quickly does, you know, what is Dan Lanning up against in terms of just Oregon itself? And then what is Dan Lanning up against now that USC is most likely going to return to some form or fashion to their glory? And if that's the case, Bud Elliott, another member of the uh, of the CBS group there for college football mentions that when USC is on, they're on and nobody's yeah. close. And Oregon maybe has made up some of that ground and having Mario Cristobal and now Dan Lanning guys who can recruit over into the Southeast area, uh, having those guys in place might go a long way. But yeah, one of those unknown variables is how quickly does USC get up off the ground and you know what is what is Chip Kelly and UCLA continue to build? So, yeah, uh, I think that that's those are two big variables there that you don't have any clue about. And then also, who does he hire? Who does who does the rest of the staff look like? He mentions in his press conference today that it's not about making the fastest hire; it's about making the right hires. So I think that's him trying to to 
temper expectations. You know, yeah, yeah, temper expectations and and preach a little bit of patience as he is going to well, be working yeah. in Athens for the next uh, month weeks. or yeah, yeah. Month, you know, month and a half or so. We Hopefully. do know, yeah, we we do know that he is apparently uh, trying. Like one of the names on the board for offensive coordinator is the quarterbacks coach at FSU. Um, yes, you know we, we Dillingham. Can, yeah, Dillingham. We'll we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, we'll we'll kind of stick to this, and as the weeks go by and he starts hiring folks, uh, we'll uh, we'll have comments here or there. Um, yeah, D- Dillingham was like in his wedding, so mm-hmm. apparently there's a obviously a strong connection there. But uh, we'll see. Dillingham is uh, last I heard was in meetings at FSU, so you know not, nothing is certain, and we probably won't hear anything immediately. No, um, I, I would be. I, I think he's probably going to do a Kirby, what Kirby did his last year there. Um, you know, where he was splitting time essentially, um, trying to take care of stuff, build a staff while also preparing a game plan, which is <clears throat> kind of the kind of why I wasn't surprised whenever Kirby decided to kind of promote uh, Glenn Schumann and uh, Will Muschamp to co-DCs and that they would be handling play calling and stuff for the um, for the playoff game. Um, well, I think that's the way you uh, – I think most staffs would love to be able to do it that way, yes. higher from within. Mm-hmm. And you just promote people because you know that those are the next people that are ready and they already have a handle on what the systems are and how things go and they don't have the learning curve and – you know, the two week, uh, you know, whatever it is to get acclimated, they're already good to go. And of course, that's Schumann and, and Muschamp together. They're already good to go. So it that's thumbs up for Georgia in that sense, because, you know, people are going to come after your assistance. So it's great to have a contingency in place. And Georgia has that. Yeah. And, and this goes, you know, this goes to show um, that Kirby has built a, a good culture at his school. Or, you know, at Georgia. And, you know, there are people who would, you know, would love to say otherwise. But you get, you lose your coat, you lose your DC. Yeah. You're going to probably have a shakeup amongst the staff completely and not a single decommit. You know, um, and really none of the, none of the big dogs who are planning on signing in a couple of days have really shown anything other than support for for Dan Lanning and for Georgia and that they're gonna stay. And so I like I just think that's a positive. You know, there's there's some knocks that I've I've got for Kirby over the next couple of weeks as we lead up to the Michigan game. But um one thing is definitely clear is that he seems to have a healthy program at the University of Georgia. Nice to hear. All right. Um you Did you want to make any comments about Mario Cristobal and and, and Miami? Um I just think I the whole Miami thing's a like good for Cristobal. Like I, I don't have a problem with Cristobal going back. You know, good for him. I have a problem with how Miami handled this. Um, having Diaz off off doing you know off recruiting and giving him, hey, we're going to hire this guy, but if he says no, then we'll keep you. Like that's just it's just the most second rate garbage I've ever seen, and um. I just, I just, I, that was just really disgusting to me. Yeah. But, you know, I, I don't, I don't have any problem with Cristobal. He was very open with his team. He was very open with recruits and, and everything. I I give Cristobal all the credit in the world. Um, but the University of Miami put like a really bad taste in my mouth towards them right now. Well, and they don't have, they didn't have an athletic director at the time, you know? And so it was like the, you know, somebody else was running the show. I don't know exactly who it was, but non-athletic director people were running the show, so that might be a reason why you had that scenario playing out the way that it it, it did. And I agree, equally um, equally disappointing and sort of upsetting and bad optics, and it's just all doesn't look good at all. But um, yeah, maybe that's why that happens is because you're trying to hire their, hire the head football coach before you hire. The athletic director. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you want to jump into this transfer portal stuff? Yes. Because really all I wanted to focus on 
is the fact that we are currently looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten former starting quarterbacks are in the transfer portal as of today. Yeah, and it feels like there are, and there, I know the kid at Tennessee, Harrison Bailey's in there as well. Feels like there's obviously Quinn Ewers was in and, and is now exited. So just those two guys there by themselves, super talented guys or, or high profile guys. Obviously, Quinn, the number one player, and, and Bailey, a five star quarterback, according to some publications. So, yeah, no, the, the, the talent that is in the transfer portal at the quarterback position is pretty unreal. And I even read as well that they've already reached a thousand players, have submitted their names. Uh, here at the end of the regular season. So um, the transfer portal is uh, on fire, I guess you could say. Yeah, it is. And, you know, like some some player, some teams in the country are going to get incredible, are, are going to get incredible talent. You know, um, they're going to just, they're going to be just excited. You know, they're going to be, <laughs> to, to, to open up the open up the transfer portal and say, oh my gosh, I can get Cameron Ward. Like, and, and those who don't know, like many people probably don't know who Cameron Ward is. He he's come he comes from a D I think D two school card uh, called Incarnate War, Word, and FCS FCS. Thank you, FCS school. And this dude's incredible. Like, have you seen any tape on him, Spencer? I'm not seeing the tape. I just see the numbers uh, there out of San Antonio, Texas, 47 touchdowns, 4,600 yards, third nationally, and a 65% pass completion. So Yeah, dude is gross. And it, it, regardless if it's FCS or not, like what, what, he, what he's been able to do has been very impressive. And I, I just when players like that jump into the transfer portal – that tells me he knows he knows there's people who want him and he's got he's got he's he's immediately eligible and he has four more years of eligibility well and rob that's kind of where my first question was with all these names in here including cameron ward dylan gabriel and and so many others where are you going that like what do you know you feel like in the nfl and there's free agency there's a market. There's an agent that's sort of testing the market, and here's where you could and end up. And obviously, there's money and contracts involved, and it's a much different situation. But you're very much in a you know a, an empty space right now for a lot of these guys. I mean, there's some groundwork for how this works, and there's some groundwork for how things play out. But there's also still that situation of there's thousands of people in the transfer portal, yet a lot of them have no place to go. And so when I look, when you look around and you see all these quarterbacks in here, you're thinking, man, where where are all, all of you going to go? Not that you won't go anywhere, but just where do you go? Like, yeah. where's the availability space? Who's got openings? And it can get really confusing really quick thinking that, well, Bo Nix is leaving Auburn because of you know, Auburn's in a mess. So who's going to go to Auburn as a transfer if Bo Nix is transferring out? When in actuality, maybe Bo Nix isn't transferring out because it's a bad culture at Auburn. He's just, he doesn't fit with Brian Harson necessarily. And Brian's going to just have to go find somebody that fits his system. Well, and it's funny that you mentioned that because I, I do think, uh, I, I do think that specifically Auburn, Auburn has a couple of guys young guys um on the on the depth chart that could end up being pretty good um you know they still have finley who you know who who knows what is going to happen to him but like when going through this man like I, i'm looking at some of these like quinn ewers yes we, you know he was the the kid who you know signed a one million dollar nil deal before he even set foot at campus on ohio state and now he's going to go to texas man um just, you know, but if, he, if they can't get a no line, he still ain't going to be okay. He, I mean, he's still going to, the offense is still going to be bad like every other offense they've had because of the offensive line. Um, Dylan Gabriel is the one that's, is one that's really interesting to me. Um, I, I think, he, I think he's pretty darn good. Spencer Rattler, uh, it really just kind of depends which version of Spencer Rattler you get. Um, Max Johnson and Zach Calzada. 
they're the two ones that I'm very interested to see where they go. Max Johnson, like people can make fun of him all they want, but that dude, that dude played incredible against Bama this year. He played incredible against Florida two years in a row. And I mean, I, I think he's got, I think there's something to him. Um, but to your point of the bigger picture of what you were talking about, when we look at the all these players in the transfer portal, it, you know, and we talked about this in the offseason, Spencer, the NCAA did a good thing by, you know, offering the one transfer rule. You can go wherever you want and be be eligible once, right? Like that was mm-hmm. a good rule. They allowed COVID, you know, COVID seniors to have another year. That's a good thing. That's not a bad thing for these guys. But because of it, like you said, there's now a thousand players in the transfer portal. You know who's going to get hurt the most by this? The high school players. Mm-hmm. The high school players who are trying to be recruited to come into schools. And no, it may not be the five stars. And no, it probably won't be most of the four stars. But those three stars, those two star guys, those walk ons, yeah, that's that's gonna kind of stop. As long as these, as long as there's all these players in the transfer portal, yeah, Stetson Bennett and um, Baker Mayfield may not get their chances as walk-ons, or other other players may not get chances as walk-ons um, at at other positions, not just the quarterback spot. So yeah, you're right. I mean, this it could end up benefiting a you know D two school or an FCS school that you know somebody who maybe would originally play or have a spot on a roster at the Division One level is now going to trickle down a little bit. And, hey, who knows? For some people, that may be a blessing in disguise. Like, you know, you end up with an opportunity you didn't think you would get, and now you're getting a chance to play. And e- either way, yeah, there could be some benefit benefits in there. But at the same time, you know, these kids – are going to find themselves blocked out of an opportunity that they think they want and or at least currently want uh, to play, excuse me, at a Division one school. So yeah, and and you plan for this to last for a couple of years because each each person on the roster sort of has their extra year of eligibility available to them and they either choose or not choose it when they become seniors if i understand that correctly so this scenario is going to kind of continue to play out a little bit that this extra year of eligibility isn't going away anytime soon it is uh, and maybe this cause and effect of that extra year of eligibility isn't going away anytime soon yeah and the thing is, I was talking online today with you know with our our, our buddy uh, Graham. It, there's not a there's not a simple answer. There there is not a simple answer because if the if, I mean you tell the NCAA well you know broaden the roster number you know give them more scholarships. Okay, well that is that's <laughs> that's that's more money that the school is having to eat. That the, not the athletic department, yeah. the school is having. Yeah, to not everybody. Yeah, not everybody can afford that. And and so it's just, it, it is it is a huge it's a huge problem that I don't think anyone really saw coming. Um, no, because you probably you probably are making decisions sort of snap snap decisions, and you're trying to make sure you're doing right by everybody, and give the NCAA credit in and I guess in that effort. But yeah, maybe you you weren't able to see that far out in front of you because you just didn't know, you didn't realize that this is what that would, uh, what would take place. So, yeah, um, an unforeseen consequence, and uh, hopefully it'll work out, and those kids later down the line can do sort of like what Cameron uh, Ward is doing and play a year or two at the FCS level or the Division two level and then make a jump upward and, uh, you know, at the very least get one year in and uh, showcase what you can do and see if that doesn't launch you to the league. Yeah, and, I mean, that's the goal, right? Um, and, and again, you know, it's, it's, it's a really – it's a good thing to have these opportunities for players who, you know, like in a Notre Dame situation, you know, like 
hey, uh, Brian Kelly, you were just recruiting me to your school. I committed to you. Um, I, you know, what if you waited till after signing day, which, you know, we've seen happen before, you know, get your class and then, and then cut bait, um, you know, kid signs and the coach bails and like, Hey, what the heck? Like, I, I, I don't want to be here for this. Like I'm, I wanted to play for you. Uh, I'm getting out of here. And like that, that, I'm okay with that. Like I'm okay with the transfer portal. I'm okay with the one, one time transfer rule. I'm okay with them allowing seen, you know, those super seniors to occur. What I do think may need to be considered is, you know, what if, what if this dials back a little bit after next year when these COVID seniors get out of here? Well, that's um, what I was saying. I was, that's what I was mentioning earlier. The, the COVID yeah, seniors maybe, aren't. Yeah. Yeah, aren't going anywhere necessarily anytime soon. This wave of seniors will go, but then you've got three more coming behind it or two more coming behind it, whatever number we're at. So I if I if I remember hearing or understanding this issue correctly, we're we're gonna be under this for a little while that those high school kids, not just this upcoming class, but the twenty twenty-three and twenty-four and maybe even the twenty-five class could end up being a lesser number of high school kids signing to play college football because of that super senior. The the both of the transfer portal and the super senior thing happening at the same time, I think is what's causing that log jam. And both things are fine. It's just happening at the same time is what's uh, an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just one of those things, too, where, I, I mean, we're going to keep track of that. We're going to see where these players end up, and we'll have plenty to talk about this um, offseason. So, Rob, um, yeah, you know, you mentioned where some of these guys will land. That's yeah, that's kind of what where's open, not maybe where's open, but who needs some of these people? Obviously, Penn State jumps off the page. Who else is sort of a high-profile place that needs somebody? Where's Oklahoma at with Caleb Williams? Are they going to be open for business for a potential Max Johnson? Uh, somebody was writing earlier that you know Texas A&M is going to be in on a lot of these guys, and you could end up seeing Texas A&M potentially grab Max Johnson from LSU, and it, it's a inside the SEC West, you know, jump like that. That would be a uh, out, you know, wild and crazy. So. Who's in the Who's in the mix for these high profile guys? Penn State and Texas A and M sound like two places. You know who else? Well, Penn State may not because Sean Clifford said he's staying for another oh. year. Oh, um, I don't know if you saw that. You probably didn't. I did, no, I did, obviously I did Penn not. Penn State's reaction. I mean, but you know, apparently North Carolina has a kid behind behind Howell that's better that might be better than he is. So who knows there? Maybe maybe Florida State, maybe Stanford. Um, I'm just trying to think who's a quarterback away. You know who who is who is a quarterback? Oregon, away? Oregon. I would jokingly maybe. say maybe Georgia. Um, uh, yeah, who knows? Who I mean, uh, Florida. Yeah. No, well, Florida's got Richardson. Um, Miami's got their kid. Richardson can't stay healthy. Oh, I've got to build fair. some depth there. Um, that's the other thing of this about like, where are you going? Like, what's the plan? Like, what are, what sacrifices are you willing to make? Because a lot of this sounds like, well, I'm just transferring because I'm not getting the opportunity that I want, or this system isn't the way that I want it. And like, are you going to find somewhere that's perfect? Because yeah, you go to Florida. Well, there's Anthony Richardson. If he's healthy, he's going to push you for the job. Or if you go to, uh, Oregon, Ty Thompson's there, and he's going to push you for the job. He's USC. at least talented enough. Yeah, well, um, Jackson Dart is at USC, so he's going to push you for the job. Like, Quinn Ewers goes to uh, Ohio State, gets the bag, and maybe that's all that move was for, but he goes up there, and he's not really able to push anybody there, which, you know, there are other circumstances involved, but ultimately, where are you going to go, and is it going to be perfect no, it isn't. And how are you going to deal with, you know, Ooh. getting pushed or whatever? You know who I just thought about would is probably a quarterback away from being a like for a second year in a row being being a uh, a threat for their conference. Michigan State. Yeah, 
Now that now there's a good spot to go because there might not be somebody right around the corner uh, at that yeah. stop. Yeah, this is a fun game. Can, can we? I didn't know this game was coming. Can we? Can we look at that next week? Like and have yes. actual real answers mm-hmm. of of like let's look at like top thirty top thirty teams who the goal would be who could be ten ten spots or more ranked high ranked if they had a quarterback like one of these quarterbacks we may play, play a little matching game that's that's what we may end up doing okay that sounds great to me um that's fun that's fun 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 let's um let, let's dive into the to signing day um spencer um i don't know if you knew this but early signing day um is happening in 48 hours did, did you know that spence uh, yes, I don't okay. follow signing day quite as close as you do, but yes, I am aware that the national signing period, uh, early signing period is going to happen on Wednesday. I am aware of that. Thank you very much. No problem. I just know you're so busy being yeah, famous. So busy, right. So, so busy being famous. I didn't right. know. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if you knew. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. Okay. So. <laughs> We have early signing day coming up on on uh, in two days. Uh, tonight, we're, it's Monday night, we're, we're recording. Uh, this signing day will be on Wednesday. And currently right now, um, it, it's looking like it's going to be a really tight ending, at least at, at, least at the very top. Um, Georgia has kind of been the number one ranked team for several months now. They are actually – they're expected to finish – the uh, number one, and we'll, we'll talk about some of those guys in a minute. Um, Bama right behind them in A and M, but if you go to someone like Twenty Four Seven Sports, like there they have they have A and M one, they have Georgia three, they have Bama two. Like it, so, like tonight, I'm, I'm we're not going to necessarily focus on who can finish number one. I kind of just want to talk about some. Do are they feeling needs? Right. And I kind of want to talk about the players, not necessarily the team rank and stuff like that, even though I'll probably reference it just to give you an indication. You know, like just to throw it out there, Notre Dame is sitting at number six and they're expected to sign a few more guys and leave some slots open for the transfer portal. And they have zero five stars, but they're number six because they have a whopping 15 four stars coming in this year. Um Spencer, like, did you have like any thoughts or any team that you were kind of looking looking at or wanted to talk about when it comes to this, um, or were you just wanting me to nerd out on this stuff? Yeah, you're more than welcome to nerd out. Um, my question is, who, with all of these new additions to the transfer portal, who's going to get, you know, which of these recruiting classes say, okay. I'm holding some spots open because obviously it's the early signing period. So that's going to happen no matter what. And we know places like Georgia says, well, we're going to hold on to two or three scholarships for a transfer. How many other programs are doing that? And what does that, how does that change sort of the approach? Who's maybe signing day tomorrow is affected by these transfers or are those two things kind of happening too close together that they're not really affecting each other? You're just as, as Ohio state or as Penn state or as Michigan state, you're going to evaluate the transfer portal after you get done here uh, on, on Wednesday as I would that off the top of my head, that sounds like the logical way to go about that. Or are you trying to juggle both things? Um, I, I think I, I really, that's a really good question. I, I think, Specifically in the top ten, I think we are looking at. I think we're looking at guys in the teams in the top ten right now who are definitely holding off spots because you can have up to about thirty, thirty-one spots depending on how many transfers you had the year prior. So, like Georgia, they're going to sign some dudes who are not committed, but they are probably going to be making some moves in the transfer portal because they're going to lose some guys in the transfer portal. Um, and that that's just information that you know we're, we're privy to. Alabama only has 21 commits right now. They're expected to have a, obviously another big day tomorrow, or I mean on Wednesday. But they, I, I would not be surprised at all if if they are not also holding spots 
the the team the two teams I'm sorry the three teams that I'm looking at right now in the top ten that you can kind of just tell are judging by how many commits they have right now that are definitely going to be waiting. Excuse me for transfers is Ohio State at four with only eighteen commits. North Carolina at seventeen. I mean, I'm sorry, North Carolina at eight with only seventeen commits. And a name that I did not think we would hear this early in the top 10, Spencer, Florida State with only 16 commits, and they're number 10. They only have 16 commits right now, and they're 10th. Those three schools, I think, because they're under 20, there's no way they're signing 10 guys to, on Wednesday. They, they, they are probably saving space for to, to, to raid the transfer portal. Yeah, and they... They were big transfer portal players this last go around, and uh, Jermaine Johnson and, and several mm-hmm. others played a big role. We thought Mackenzie Milton would play a big role, and he certainly might have in terms of pushing Jordan Travis and helping his progression throughout the season. So, yeah, uh, Florida State playing the transfer portal once again could be um, could be very logical. And then, of course, there is a signing period that's going to come after this, the regular one there at the very beginning of February. So filling slots there. Holy crap. I'm so sorry, Spencer. We just have breaking news. Um, Spencer Rattler is committing to South Carolina. Oh, wow. I did read earlier today that that was a possibility. Wow. Oh. Well. um, Shane Beamer and and Rattler were together at Oklahoma for a, a short period of time, I believe. Beamer was at Oklahoma with yeah, yeah I believe that's um, correct. I'm trying to think of how to react to this. Um, I don't I don't know if it matters if he doesn't have someone to throw to. I kind of just will. I kind of just that's my first initial reaction. Yeah, because the the question marks around him were leadership. I mean, I was listening to a conversation today that mm-hmm. you know maybe his attitude attitudes might be the wrong word, but demeanor maybe. Yeah, his demeanor or the leadership skills maybe haven't been there, and that might be what has led to some of the struggles at Oklahoma and and hanging on to um, hanging on to his spot there. So, yeah, maybe reuniting with Shane Beamer will go a long way. There's always opportunity for growing and learning and changing and developing, and there's always those opportunities for these guys. But yeah, something like character is an issue then is that something that how quickly does that change how quickly does that develop um especially at a quarterback and especially with a guy who's you know 18 19 20 however old he is how much of that can change reasonably versus you know how much of that is just who he is breaking news once again (laughs) sorry spencer (laughs) we never get to do this on our podcast Oklahoma Oklahoma transfer tight end Austin Stogner also going to South Carolina. That dude's a freak. Um, yeah, I believe I was listening to, uh, again, another conversation that was mentioned in his name uh, being a big play for, you know, a place like uh, Ohio State. And if he would, if they could add somebody like him to that receiver room, that would really change the dynamic of how they could attack the field. So, yeah, one one pass catcher like that, and you know that that could really help free up things for other guys uh, at that receiver position in in, Man, uh, in South Carolina. Crazy, that is. I mean, it's awesome. Good, for, good for South Carolina. I like now more than ever. I like. I would. I don't know. How, I don't have a lot of money, but I would pay a lot of money, a, a lot of the little money I have for Texas and Oklahoma to come into the SEC next year. <laughs> yeah, right I, away. Yeah, and I want to see South Carolina play Oklahoma. <laughs> Please, like, just give that to me. Please give that to me. Um, okay, so back. So hopefully nothing else will break here. Um, the All right, so every year I, I also try to look at a team that is, you know, getting a lot of recruits, but it's kind of – their ranking's kind of fake if that makes sense, because they're getting a ton of three stars 
but not really a lot of quality dudes that are going to, you know, break the bank or break the talent pool. And for just to give you a couple of those, uh, one is Michigan State. Michigan State has 17 three stars. They're currently number 14 in the country. They only have they have 17 three stars, only four four stars. Um, surprisingly, where are you seeing Michigan State at number 14? Just for on rivals. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting the difference between rivals and two four seven because in two four seven, well, Michigan State's at 19. I'm sorry, I skipped them. I, I'm not I'm not a big fan of of 24/7 when it comes to this stuff, um, because they do composite. They take all these different sites and stuff and put it together. Yeah. Um. And so, like, I focus on rivals because it's one solid site that just you know that does their own rankings and stuff like that. I'm not saying one's better than the other. It's just a good reference point for me. Um. But Boston College at 18, they have 19 three stars. And and then the other one like that, I just, you know, Bud Elliott said this was going to be possibly a problem about him. Um, Josh Heupel, man, like you have a you have a really good season offensively. You look really good at times. You've got your quarterback Hinton Hooker coming back and things could get better in two days. I understand that. But right now they're sitting in 19. They have 17 commits. 13 of them are are uh, three stars. They only have four star. They only have four four stars committed. And I don't know. It's just it's just kind of weird for you know for some of these teams to be in those positions, and you know because. Uh, but then at the same time, like, oh well, I thought I was going to be able to find some. Michigan. Michigan, you know, they're in the top ten. They have thirteen three stars, but they have a five star that brings them up really high, and they have you know six four stars. So you know, at the end of the day, you know, to a certain degree, the the star doesn't matter, or you know. Because, you know, you look at things like Jordan Davis or you look at, you know, the, these other three stars specifically at Georgia that have become dudes. However, you look at the percentages, like five stars have a significantly higher opportunity of going into the NFL. Um, and five stars usually produce. And so you you want those five stars. You want those high-end four stars. And when we're looking at, to, when we're looking at signing day coming up this year, I think there there are a few teams that needed to make a splash that needed to have a consistent role of um, of classes back to back, and two of those are definitely Texas A&M, who sitting right now at number three with twenty one commits, two five stars, fifteen four stars, and the other one is and you and I have talked about this a lot is Penn State. Penn State, I don't know how they did it. I don't know how they are able to keep this class together the way they have amongst all the turmoil, amongst the, the offensive off, offensive coordinator issues that they've had. They are they're sitting pretty at, you know, at the fifth in the country with 25 total commits, one five star, 15 four stars and eight three stars. And they're currently sitting number one for the 2023 class, Spencer. Um, I know I threw a lot at you, I, but do you have anything, any reaction to any of that stuff? No, not really. I'm I'm sort of surprised to see Kentucky sitting at number eleven, um, and uh, or sitting around the top ten. I should yeah, say. There, I got fifteen. I got fifteen on rivals, but yeah, that's. I mean, are you you think they should be higher or? No, no, no. I'm just lower? I'm just surprised to see Kentucky around that high of an area. Fifteen to to ten sounds like a mm-hmm. really hot spot for a place like um a place like Kentucky that doesn't normally get that kind of thing. It is interesting. Where where's Stanford at for for rivals? They're at 11. Yeah. So I mean, making a push there for um for oh, what's his name? Uh David Shaw. And then I've got Missouri at 14 in front of me. That's that's sort of an interesting couple of names there in that top. You know, that oh, say that number again, I'm sorry. Missouri at 14 yeah, yeah, in front yep, of me. Yep, yep. And and South the, Carolina you know, in the top 20? Yeah. I mean, Missouri is, I mean, Missouri is in the top top twenty because of one player, and that is Luther Burden, number one wide receiver in the country. Yeah, and like he's probably not going to flip, but if he flipped and left this class, I could almost guarantee you they drop maybe to thirties, maybe in the thirties. And that's the other thing too. That's 
one player can do that oh yeah man yeah one like just like today for example auburn oh let me hold on one second let me find them okay auburn before today um they or today they got a four-star commit to come in right before today they were at like 42 and today when they when they got this commit from this kid austin osbury barry db they jumped up to 30 Mm. so ooh, that's not a great number for brian harson what uh 30 I mean, if you're at Auburn, you want to be doing no, better, much and, better and than that. And that and that is also like, yes, thank you for mentioning that. You know, and they don't have an OC right now. Um, you know, there's rumors that they're going to get Austin Davis. You know, the quarterbacks coach at at Seattle. There's rumor that maybe Dell McGee, even though I don't know how much that how much weight that holds still today. Um, but. But yeah, like you can't, you cannot be at the University of Auburn and recruit in the in the 30s. You can't. Um, yeah, I mean, what I'm looking at, Vanderbilt's ahead of you in recruiting. Dude, Cincinnati's ahead of you in recruiting, and I know Cincinnati's in the playoff, but you're freaking and, Auburn. And West Virginia's ahead of you in recruiting. No, here here's a worse one. Virginia Tech is ahead in Boston College. Georgia Tech and, and Purdue aren't that far behind you. Yeah, man. Jeez Louise. I mean, but, but speaking of that, man, look at LSU. LSU's 33 right now. Mm. They had four straight top five finishes in classes. Well, and, and weren't they one of the ones that had a bunch of decommits? Mm-hmm. They were. Where's, where's, uh, the, where's the University of Florida at? Um, I'm, okay, hold on. Scrolling, scrolling, still scrolling, mm. still scrolling. Mm. Oh, hey, Nebraska. Nope, still not there. Scrolling. Oh, hey, hey, Florida. You are at 81. <laughs> Talk about taking a hit. That's the, that's the new coach thing, and obviously – uh, he, Billy he's Napier gonna be is, fine. He'll be he fine. Will be. Like he will be. This is a total he, product of the yeah. of the you know firing your coach and early and signing he, period. Sir. And he even said it very. He he said it very clear. You know, in his press conference, he was not going to rush to get this class get get a bunch of people signed in this class. He wanted to evaluate properly and make sure that he brought people in the right kind of players in. You know, and they and I, I imagine they'll be a big player for the transfer portal at that oh, point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I and that I, may be, you know, the the saving grace here. Now that we're sort of thinking about this out loud, the the transfer portal, and obviously you get the the February uh, second signing day as well, so you'll salvage some of it there. But that transfer portal may get alleviated a good bit this go around because there's so many new head coaches at. Excuse me, um, big fancy um, programs that are going to need to fill spots on their roster that are going to need to, um, you know, plug holes and that sort of thing. So maybe, maybe you do see some more players come out of the transfer portal uh, this go around than maybe they have before because these coaches who are on their first year are going to have slots that need to be filled, like, um, oh, what's his name, Norvell and. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy at Michigan State did last year. I just like Mel y- you and I just to throw this and, and look. I'm 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 just bringing this back up again. We won't know f- truly until next year, but I really do think you and I were right about Norvell to FSU. I think he's going to be really good for FSU, and I think he's going to continue to do well. Um, yes. being in the, being in the top ten, but I mean he's also in the situation where. Like if by chance Georgia is able to tr- to flip Travis Hunter, five star number one player in the country, from from FSU over the next forty eight hours, like that's going to drop them down to maybe f- maybe twenty seven or thirty. Like 
but but anyway, I, I anyway I do think Norvell is he's got like seven four stars, so they should be okay. But you know, to your point about South Carolina, um, also I just want to make mention of this, Cody. I did that joke on Florida just for you, buddy. Um, uh, Arkansas, you know, you know, six four stars, 12, 12 three stars, twenty commits, number thirteen, like that's fine. Um. Getting, I, you know, I, I'll say this: getting those six four stars is probably a big, a huge deal for Arkansas. Would you agree there? Yeah, I think so. And obviously, I think they they're looking towards the transfer portal as well. Haven't they? Didn't they land somebody in the transfer portal? Did I hear that correct? Arkansas. Yeah, maybe, maybe yeah, I didn't. Yes, maybe they there's got, this, they all Jayden, this. No, they got Jaden Hasselwood. Okay, um, yeah, that's what it was. And then there's uh, all this talk about uh, a new contract for. Yeah, which, Pitts as well. Which is so, or, which is really weird because, like, who's trying to hire away Sam Pittman right now? Like, why are right. you trying to get a raise? Like, what? Where? Where's your leverage, Sam? Yeah. Um. But he did just change Jimmy, Jimmy Sexton. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Him changing does, Jimmy Sexton is going to change the game. Uh, one last thing, and then I want to take take Georgia for a ride for a minute before we close out of here. Um, University of Clemson. You were sitting at number twenty. You have 12 commits, you have one five-star, eight four-stars, and two three-stars. I know you lost your DC, you lost your OC, but this kind of class, with the consistency they've had for the last few years, this kind of class is what can end up getting them another four or five-loss season if they don't, if the right changes aren't made by Dabo and going into the transfer portal or hiring the two best coordinators in the country. You know what I'm saying? Like this, this is the kind of class that can set you back in the goals that you have. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of work for Dabo, um, a lot of work for that staff. Something that he's not had to deal with is that massive turnover. And so now he's got to get his feet wet um, dealing with something that Nick Saban's dealt with for a long time and that a lot of other coaches have had to deal with. And kudos to him for being able to keep those guys around for 100%. a long time. But, yes. you know, you're, you're now in sort of some uncharted territory to a degree, and we're going to see what sort of chops he has with filling those positions. Yeah, they're, they're like I, I have some issues with Dabo, but – one thing I don't have any trouble with is how he runs a program, you know, um, because he, he, he has built a culture there and, and I, I'm very interested to see how Venables does bringing that same kind of culture to Oklahoma if he's able to. Um, okay, Spencer. So let's, we didn't prepare for this, but let me, I want to start off with this for you. What kind of questions or if any, did you have about for Georgia going into signing day? I didn't. I, I mean, okay. I don't. I just, you know, I, I, I believe Kirby will. Um, where is uh, is is Stockton still on board for for coming to Georgia? As of was that a twenty three kid? He's a twenty two nope. kid. No. Yeah, he's yeah. he's twenty two kid. Uh, okay. Arch Manning is the twenty three kid. Um, okay. so right now, I've not heard anything to keep Gunnar Stockton from being a dog. I have yeah. not heard anything to suggest that he will be flipping. Um, with that said, I'll look at, I'll look at this in a minute after I'm done sharing this. I'll go and look and see if I, if I just miss anything. I do want to make mention of this though. There are three names that people need to know for, for Georgia fans need to know. Dalen Everett, Shermer, uh, Shamar James, and Kamari Wilson. Those are all players expected to either flip or sign on Wednesday for the University of Georgia. And, I mean, yeah, all three of those guys, I'm sorry, they are all either flips or they're all, they're all signees. They're not commits right now. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, this specifically, man, this DB class, 
the the DB class that Kirby's bringing in is going to literally like this is statistically by rivals, and I heard it the other day on twenty four seven. This could be the the greatest DB class ever put together on a team, and Kirby is bringing it in, and it it goes back to the problems that he's had, the problems that we've had this year with depth. He is solving all of those problems. He's trying to solve all those problems in this class. Well, good, because, I mean, I I think you're seeing maybe a more realistic version of what it takes to, and it took Dabo a while, but a more realistic in, version of what it takes to recruit and, and maybe recruit in this day and age where players have the movement uh, that they have, you know, Nick Saban, when he first started at Alabama, there wasn't a lot of the transfer portal and there wasn't a lot of movement for players. Once you were there at Alabama, you were there. And you go through and you remember, you know, Georgia's had a massive exodus at the offensive line in an offseason, wide receivers or skill position players, uh, pass catchers in an offseason. And then this past year, it was defensive backs in sort of a mass exodus. So, Kind of three years in a row, I think it was the receivers first, and then it was the O-line, and then it was uh, these defensive backs. And Kirby went and did his best to fill those positions. But, again, you just end up with, you know, a lack of depth. Somebody starts to get hurt, and then, you know, you don't have anything. Tyke Smith goes down, and Brenny, I guess, played well for a little while, but then, you know, fell apart, or however that evaluation goes for him specifically – you just you don't have the depth. You're playing an uphill battle with this transfer portal and this player movement and doing what you want to do. And, you know, that's a that's a whole new aspect to what coaches have to deal with. And Nick Saban's facing it and he's doing a good job with it. That's because he's the greatest of all time. But um it's a new challenge for a lot of these guys that, you know, maybe they didn't see coming down the pike quite as well as maybe Nick Saban did. Yeah, and I want to I want to throw a couple names out there too for people for you know Georgia fans to pay attention to. Um, I just mentioned three for you guys um, with Everett and James and um, oh crud muffin. The other one I forgot. Um, how did I forget crud, his name? Crud muffin. <laughs> yeah, K- Kamari Wilson. Um, those three names are are the big names to watch for Wednesday. I mean, obviously, everyone's going to be paying attention to Travis Hunter because um, there have been people who have put out there that Travis Hunter is committed to, to FSU, but he is silently committed to Georgia. Um, I I won't believe that till I see it, and I've said that I've said that from the get go. Like, you know, of course, I want to be happy if if Georgia is able to pull this kid because holy crap, he is special. Um, but um, I just don't know. I just don't know if that's going to happen or not. But it, it doesn't matter if George, if Kirby's able to get just those three guys along with what's already been gotten. This is going to be the number one class. Um, and that'll probably be across the board for everybody. Um, Kirby is solving a problem on the defensive line. Uh, just some big names for people to get you know get to know is Jaheim Singletary. Excuse me. Jaheim Singletary, uh, <clears throat> cornerback out of Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, Bear Alexander, yes, his name, his his actual name is Keithian Alexander, but everyone calls him Bear Alexander. Go look at a picture of him, and you'll see why. Um, the the names I've already mentioned, um, uh, Brant, Branson Robinson, who looks like just like a freaking bowling ball of a human as a running back, five star kid. The the other name that I'm I'm man I cannot wait to see what he does is Marvin Jones Jr. Um, he's a outside linebacker, essentially edge rusher, who is heavily or he was at he was at um uh, crap he was in Athens uh, this past weekend for the la- final weekend of week of visits, and as I've told you before, Spencer, and I know you've heard before, follow the visits, and so. We'll see what happens. Um, but, yeah, that's that's all I had. I just wanted to nerd out for a few minutes on on the recruiting stuff. 
Very good. Well, we always like it when uh, when Robbo nerds out on the recruiting stuff. Um, before we get out of here, it's not college football completely, but it is, and in, in my opinion, it's college football related. I don't think I'm not surprised by any stretch. I don't think you're surprised. Urban Meyer is is failing miserably in Jacksonville, and as a Georgia boy, as you're a Georgia boy. We've got to ramp up the 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 um, the campaign to get him out of there because Trevor Lawrence doesn't deserve this. No, Urban Meyer sucks. He's a cancer. He is an incredible football mind. He is a horrible leader. Um, and I don't know what he was thinking by going to going into the NFL where all these adult men read and see all that he has done and allowed to happen. And he, I, I can't believe that he thought that it was just, he was going to walk in and just do whatever he wanted and be successful. Yeah. And I think too, something that's caught up to some degree is, you know, Meyer hates losing more than he likes winning. How do you think that meshes? And I know that there's nothing out there about him and Lawrence, clashing necessarily but how do you think that meshes with trevor lawrence being a guy who has said right before draft day or maybe it was right after draft day that hey football's not the most important thing there there are other you know i have my wife i have my faith i have you know the other there are other things that i'm going to do in the world of life without you know football being attached to it so how do you think it mixes with that mentality, you know, a, a millennial kind of thought process, if you will, with the old and crusty, I hate when I hate losing more than I enjoy winning. I just feel, yeah, it's a disaster um, from the get go. No, I think this is a great question. Um, I wasn't ready for this. Um, well, I no, try no, to, no, I try no. to, I try to surprise you. You know, no, I appreciate jump out it. of the closet. Um, I, I, I guarantee there's probably some clashes. Um, definitely like, and I'm not saying like, oh, you know, they're not getting along or there's problems. I think there's clashes on every staff. There's clashes with every quarterback and coach. Like, you know, go look at Brady and Belichick. I mean, the greatest of all time, the two greatest at their, at their position of all time. And they, they butted heads constantly, even on their way, on their way out the door. Um, I want to know. I want to know if Urban Meyer has lost his edge when it comes to the foot, the X's and O's part of football, though. Like that's 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 where I'm at. But whenever you're talking about what you're talking about, like how his focus, you know, Urban Meyer's focus is this. You know, it's he would he just loves winning so much. He hates losing so much. You know, and Trevor Lawrence kind of being on this, like he cares about football, obviously, but he has other interests. I'm. I'm I bet it. I bet it doesn't help. <laughs> like I bet it doesn't help their relationship. You know what? Also, doesn't help their relationship. The offensive line not blocking for their quarterback. Yeah. No. I mean. You know. And you're not. And and then what's the? I'm sure you've seen the clip of the two receivers running into each other. I mean, mm-hmm. it just they none don't of look it, well coached. They don't look well coached. They don't look well. They don't do anything well. Yeah, and and again, you go back to. You know, probably not doing well with coaches because Urban Meyer's, you know, he's not he's not encouraging them and directing them and coaching them in any sort of yeah. So, um, Urban Meyer, a long time, one of the greatest college football coaches of all time, but is failing miserably as others college coaches have at the NFL level, um, and it's costing Trevor Lawrence and it's costing a lot of other young players. If you would have gone back five years ago. And you walked up to me and you said, Hey Robbie, Cliff Kingsbury yeah. <laughs> is gonna is gonna have the number one team in the NFL, the Arizona Cardinals. And Urban Meyer is gonna be coaching the Jacksonville Jaguars and being horrible. I would yeah, not I think you. Yeah, I would have stopped you at I would have stopped you at Jacksonville. Like, yeah, no, he's not coaching Jacksonville. 
yeah. he wouldn't be he wouldn't be going to the to the one of the more losing franchises in the NFL. Well, and and also like Cliff Kingsbury never had a winning record in college. And now he's got I'm like I'm watching him tonight. Like they are ten and two this year. That is yeah, there's just something different. Yeah. Just, and, yeah. and and some guys like some guys can't go from college and to, to the NFL, but I definitely think some guys can't go from the NFL to college. And Cliff may have just been built better for, for the NFL. Yeah, maybe the recruiting stuff just wasn't his bag. Yeah. No, that's true. All right, Robbo, anything else for tonight? No, nah, man, I'm good. I love you. I hope that you have an awesome trip. Um, Spider-Man comes out Thursday. I can't wait to go see it with my wife and my boy Cody. Um, and I'm sure you won't, you, you'll get to see it after your team wins a national title, but I'm super excited. Yes. After our school that we both went to wins a national championship on I, Saturday. Yes. I will I have a chance you to call, go see I meant because you call the games. Stop. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> two friends one love and that is, is there love football. is there love here because i don't feel love here tonight between my wife oh, this taking is, a shot this, at us and you being rude to me i don't this feel is it. this is 1000 percent love if this isn't love then um or if you can't <laughs> recognize this as being love then i just i don't know what to do with you uh, you haven't been paying attention to our friendship i guess that's true uh, i love you exuberate my love um two friends one love that is college football robbie is online spider dude 64 i'm there spencer underscore van horn v-a-n-h-o-r-n we'll uh, be sure to like rate review and subscribe we'll catch you on the flip-flop later